It's officially a losing streak for the Charlotte Hornets after they dropped their game last night to the Houston Rockets. We continue the conversation. What's wrong with LaMelo? All today on Locked on Hornets. You are Locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, in a minute, cause we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We are free and available anywhere you get your podcasts, and that includes YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. You can make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started if you're watching us on youtube you can see doug branson the curator of every hornetsboxscore.com the sub stack and also has a subtext where you can text him it's like getting his phone number and they can find that information on your sub stack if you also want to give it to him here doug uh yeah Substack uh, is every hornetsboxscore.com uh for the subtext go to join subtext.com forward slash locked on hornets you can get a free trial and you get game day info you get text from me it's great it's cool. Uh, oh no, it's, it's great it, well, right it now. Helps, it helps. It helps right now. It helps you get through this period of time where it's not especially fun to watch the Charlotte Hornets on television. If you can even watch them on television, uh, we'll <laughs> that's a that. big if these days. Uh, but it is. But it is fun to be around community. We all come together. We we get through this together. Yeah, it it. We'll get to the Bally's. Oh, don't you worry, Bally's. We'll oh, get to you in just I got a my moment. Eyes on you. No, I don't. I've got my eyes on your logo, (laughs) just swinging back and forth. And that's about it. I'm Walker Mail. You can listen to me on the radio, sports radio, 92.7 WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. So the Hornets, Doug, as you can see in the first bullet point with the little B emoji serving as the bullet point and everything, the Hornets are a friend to the winless. Mm -hmm. In fact, this is the third straight loss that the Hornets have suffered. To a team that has not recorded a win yet. Now, <laughs> at the beginning amazing. of the season, at the beginning of the season, it's understandable because there's only been two games played. I mean, I guess it's a little understandable even to this point, but we're getting to a point where it gets more and more embarrassing. Uh, by the by, the fifth game, there's a team that's 0-4. You allow that team to win its first game. Yeah, I mean, it's already not great. And And this is the real disappointing part, Doug. When we looked at the schedule and did our big old schedule release episode, we both thought, wow, the schedule actually opens up pretty nicely for them. Right. That's that's something different. Usually the Hornets will have a tough schedule right out of the stretch. You'll have road games, or if you'll have a home game, then you hit the road. You have tough opponents immediately. That was not the case. We would compare that to Miles Bridges' initial suspension for 10 games, And we thought, man, even without Miles Bridges, the teams they're playing aren't stalwarts. And what can happen is they can at least tread water. Hell, can you get to six and four before Miles Bridges does come back? And then he can just be an added enhancer and he can be an enhancer to what you're already doing. Yeah, after the Hawks game, it's not been pretty. And it wasn't even a pretty win against the Hawks. Uh, the, The backcourt just didn't shoot very well, but it's been rough. Doug, especially after that debut they had at the Spectrum Center. No, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think what's disappointing is that this team is relatively healthy. They've got some key injuries that I think were particularly showing in this one where they allowed 
the Houston Rockets to make 21 three-pointers on 57% shooting, and you go, man, where's the perimeter defense? Well, two of your players that you would count on for perimeter defense and Frank Nielakina and Cody Martin are both on the bench uh, with uh, Frank Nielakina, the, the timeline there being – you know, weeks, Cody Martin, just a big old question mark on when, when or if he's going to, to suit up this season. And so, you know, those, those are obvious, but there, there are, there are depth issues. There are offensive issues. There are defensive issues and they're not really in sync. Sometimes they play well offensively. Sometimes they play well. I mean, they opened the season playing well defensively, but not playing well offensively. Now they're playing well offensively and not playing well defensively and all of it equals, uh, that this team um, is not right. Um, it's not, and and it's not a very good basketball team right now. And you can't get around that, especially when you lose to two other teams that are expected to be at the bottom of their respective conferences in the Detroit Pistons and Houston Rockets. I think when your $200 million man is struggling as much as he is, and you're a team that doesn't have a lot of star power, it's going to lead to a lot of losses. And that's what's going on. We'll get to the discourse surrounding LaMelo's struggles. But in this game against Houston, the overall percentage isn't bad. He shot 7 of 15 from the field. He was 2 of 6 from three-point range. He hit those two back-to-back three-pointers. In crunch time, I mean, when the Hornets were attempting to come back, that's when LaMelo hit a couple of threes from atop the key. Five assists, 19 points. But, Doug, I, I think you and I would both agree. I think most people would agree. You know, the the last couple of shots that he hit, it saved his box score. But not a great game from LaMelo. I continue to think he's laboring when driving to the basket. It just doesn't look the same. I I think we talked about it before we hopped on. The passes, they're, they're not as crisp. Yeah, man, it just – LaMelo does not look – like the LaMelo that we saw even in 36 games last year, even when he would return from injury, there might be some rust, but it Mm -hmm. wasn't this bad that I can remember. Like he was still a good player in those 36 games that he played. He just didn't play as much. And if we felt that that was why people forgot how good he was because he didn't play as much, but he was good when he was available and he's, he's still trying to come back from that injury. According to Steve Clifford. Yeah, he was averaging over 23 points a game uh, last season in those 36 games. And pre-fracture, that period right before the the final ankle fracture that ended his season, uh, he was playing at an all-NBA level. I mean, we were we were super excited about what it meant um, for him and for the Hornets uh, if he were to get back to 100% health and get started. Uh, let me let me talk about the micro of this game, and then and then we can talk about the macro of Lamelo's injury, his recovery, and what's going on here. The micro is in this game. Yes, he, he salvaged his box score, but he, your star player Walker needs to set the tone for you. And the past two games, there was no tone set. They allowed both the Nets in transition and Houston from the perimeter to dictate the game. And, and that your star player should help you dictate the game for your team. And that's not what LaMelo is doing. Through the first three quarters of this game, he was 2 of 8 from the field. He was 0 for 4 for, from 3, 6 points, 4 assists, no rebounds. I mean, he has been one of the best rebounding guards in the league in his uh, three seasons, first three seasons. Three personal fouls, got into a little foul trouble. Thank God Steve Clifford decided to trust him and not pull him. Like that, that's the last thing a guy who's looking for rhythm needs is to constantly get the the you know to get pulled from a game when he gets two mm-hmm. early fouls. 
And then he, he also had three turnovers in those first three quarters. Yeah, he turned it on, but by that time, the, the Hornets were already in, I, I think, such a hole that it was going to be difficult for them to climb out. It would have been, I mean, they got it to five. You know, Brandon, Brandon Miller hit that clutch three to, yeah. to bring it to five, but it would have been such a huge haul um, uh, to win that game at that point. Well, Houston hit everything. I mean, Charlotte just couldn't stop him on the other end. The, Houston scored 42. The Hornets scored 41 points in the fourth quarter, and they still lost that game, and they still lost that quarter. Yeah, I mean, they, they allowed Houston to get 39 in the first. And I thought, you know, f- from the tip, until about like nine minutes into that first quarter, I thought their defensive organization was good and and Houston was just hitting shots. And then again, just like in the Nets game, when the Nets came out and blasted them in transition, I feel like they let up. Like the belief that they could win the game uh, quickly faded and and they sort of let up. And then they got back into the game in the second quarter and got it back to like a one-point deficit and then they come out in the second half, not ready to play. Houston jumped all over them. Dylan Brooks uh, ate Lamelo alive on the defensive end of the floor. I mean, we're, we're talking a lot about his offense, right? I thought offensively in the first half he looked bad. I thought in the second half Lamelo's defense was even worse. I mean, he just let Dylan Brooks get to wherever he wanted to on the floor, and and I think he had eight or ten points in that third quarter, and that was the deciding point in the game. And there's just there are just defensive possessions that Lamelo just doesn't finish, and, and and there were closeouts that he just didn't make, and it is extremely frustrating. And I I mean, look, I, I'm willing to give leeway on some of the rhythm stuff, you know, the shots not falling, him not being able to get to the basket. I'm I'm willing to to get on the the roller coaster and say, all right, I trust you, Steve, you know, Clifford. I, I, all right, maybe it's a rhythm thing, and I'm willing to wait it out. But the defensive stuff is like, I, I, that's not a rhythm thing. That's just a trying thing. And and I think it, he he failed that test in the second half. Yeah, it's it's not been good for LaMelo. You know, you're hoping, I, I don't know what the threshold is. Like, I, I don't know when the, the real sincere concern sets in with him. I, I don't know if that's a 10-game mark. I mean, I, I'm, I I'm now. I'm, I, oh, I don't yeah, know about I mean, you, but I'm, I'm concerned that... Um, that it's that everything seems to be off. It's not just the shot is not falling. It's not just the rim stuff. It's the passing too. Like there were a couple of passes that I've seen Lamelo make over and over again. He is he is just deadly with his passing precision. And it's it's stuff like when he drives baseline and tries to snap it into the corner, and it's just slightly off. It's a little off to the left. The shooter has to adjust and it allows the defense to close out. There are just there's stuff that he's and and you know take away all that and the magic's gone. I mean the Lamelo magic, the the physics breaking passes, the command that he has over a game, that is missing. And I'm not sure that's entirely rhythm. Well, so so yeah, and be clear, right? Like so, and just just to be clear, you're saying you think he's when you're when you're saying there's something off when it's not just rhythm, do you think he's still dealing with an injury and the Hornets are being mum about how sincere it is severe? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to speculate on the, the Hornets hiding this, although they, you know, if you look back to the Gordon Hayward shoulder stuff last season and his yeah. wife complaining about it, I mean, it's not like there's not a history of the Hornets being a little, you know, obfuscating, you know, the, the injury of a player. Um, but I won't speculate on that. I'm just saying he doesn't he doesn't look right. And you know, I, I'm no, trying no, to like 
No, I, and, and even when he's like walking around on a defensive possession weak side, he looks like he's walking a little gingerly. Maybe I'm seeing things. Maybe I'm just traumatized by last season. Maybe I'm <laughs> overly concerned. I'm just saying when you watch him play and he doesn't look happy, he doesn't look like he's enjoying the game. I know what LaMelo looks like when he's in the zone, when he's in rhythm, when he's happy. None of that exists. I mean, I, I, I wonder if we're dealing with a Days of Thunder situation. You know what? I grew up in Catawba County, and uh, I'm still ash- I'm, I'm ashamed to say that despite that fact, I've never seen Days of Thunder. Oh, wow. Never seen yeah, it. That's yeah, like, that's right in your backyard, man. What are you I doing? Know. I know. I don't know. So what does it mean? Okay, I'll, I will explain it to you next. Okay, oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. <laughs> Doug gives me the plot of Days of Thunder. That's still to come. But first, we talk about prize picks. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. And instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections, and then you can watch the winnings roll in. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made and receptions. So that's cool. You can mix and match some of those stats if you feel good, but you feel good about across sports platforms. If you want to play alongside some of a prize picks, favorite players too, like rapper Meek Mill, he's on there and comedian Andrew Schultz. You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app. And then you can, can view the entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each and every week. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Once more, you can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. More locked on Hornets coming up. All right, Doug, I am clicking on the days of thunder title. Next to Wikipedia, I'm scrolling past all the reception, and I'm clicking on the plot. Doug, what does the plot tell me about Days of Thunder? Uh, well, Tom Cruise plays Cole Trickle, a uh, a IndyCar uh, open wheel driver turned NASCAR driver, and and in the movie, in the first part of the movie, his uh, villain, his antagonist, is a guy named Rowdy Burns, and he and Rowdy get Love in a, a pretty big wreck. And um, Cole has to spend some time on the you know injured list of of NASCAR, and so does Rowdy. Uh, but Rowdy gets a little bit more hurt and has like a, a brain vessel thing going on that's going to essentially end his career. And and it really shakes Cole's confidence down to the core. And Cole is replaced by another driver, and then gets kicked off his team. And then he has to find another team, and he has to get back out on the racetrack. Um, and, and, but the, the plot is, uh, oh, he's seeing ghosts out there, right? He is, he's, his confidence is shaken. He's not going to be able to drive through the smoke of that next wreck and make it out on the other side because he's going to be too scared to race. And so I just hope that we're not dealing with a, a player in LaMelo that has spent a lot of time being healthy being amazing being incredible his body allowing him to do things on the basketball court that not a lot of people can do 
and then that ankle gets fractured. And then he spends a lot of time not playing basketball. And then suddenly a lot of things change. And humans, naturally, don't deal great with change. And, and it can shake your confidence. And I really, we're, I really hope we're dealing with a rhythm issue. I hope we're dealing with a conditioning issue. You know, him not being able to get to the rim. His feet looking like they're in concrete. I really hope that's it. Because the other thing, it's something we've experienced with Frank Kaminsky. I think it's something we experienced with Malik Monk. Um, that confidence thing, once it gets shaken, it, it's, it's hard to, to get that back into the bottle and move forward. I, I hope we're not dealing with a Days of Thunder situation. You should have just gone Talladega Nights. Same storyline. Are we dealing with the Ricky Bobby situation? His confidence was shaken, but he came back and he would beat John Gerard in a foot race on the right on the racetrack. Why, I went why with the we... original, not the parody. I went with no, the original, Rick, which is the best. No, we just go Ricky Bobby, please. All right, relate to the kids, Doug. Come on, <laughs> give the people what they want. We want shake and bake. We don't want days of thunder, cold trickle. We want Ricky Bobby. Uh, so, okay, so we've, we've got one rhythm situation going on here with LaMelo, at least if you let Steve Clifford tell it. He'll also tell you about Mark Williams being in a rhythm situation. So Mark Williams opens up, to, uh, opens up the season. Picking up where he left off in the sense that we continued to see him improve, mm -hmm. I thought he was a lot more physical in that game against Atlanta than he had been the year prior. And he finished real strong. People were really excited about Mark Williams. Comes out, I mean, Steve Clifford says it's the best game Mark Williams had ever played in a Hornets uniform. The dude was fantastic. Doug, I mean, the next three games, he wasn't that. Bad. I mean, you're even talking about an eight-for-eight eight performance <clears throat> against the Nets. When they go small, they don't have Nick Claxton. So offensively, Mark's able to punish him. And, and I, I'm not, I don't even think that's a small thing. Like even in this game, you can see him with some of the lobs. We still haven't had that before. Mm. You, you still find value even offensively with him being the lob threat that you haven't had in a Hornets uniform. It just hasn't been there. But mm. defensively, he ate Alperin Shingoon up last year. Like how many blocks did he have in that game against Houston? Four or five, they were on Alperin. I, he was the better young center, uh, flat out. Not the case this game. So the two games that you've had matched up against centers of the future, Jalen Duran a couple games ago, and Alperin Shengun in this game last night, Mark Williams got flat out beat. I, he got punked against Jalen. And then in this one, at the end, Shengun just put him in the spin cycle. It was one-on-one, -on -one, ISO, post-move galore. Mark, you know, it def and, and Shengun is going to have the lower center of gravity. He's going to put his body into Mark. Had a little bit of a tough time dealing with that. He had a hard time dealing with that too. But also, Shingun just kept putting moves on him, and he scored. And those were clutch situations. And and Mark just couldn't stop him. It's been not a great defensive performance, despite him shooting just under eighty percent from the field. That's going to happen when you get a lot of dunks. But even still, it was not anywhere near the impact that he had in the first game. Yeah, I mean, this, the problems with Mark Williams are layered. Um, he's not, you know, he his percentages are great, but in the past couple, he's been either limited by foul trouble or limited by the fact that yeah. they don't have a great pick and roll player right now. I mean, you know, Lamelo uh, was already struggling in that area and was supposed to make an improvement, and they're just not running a ton of pick and roll for Mark. Um, you know, so he only gets four attempts in this game. He does. He's making defensive plays. Like, he had two block shots and two steals in this game. It's not like he's making zero, zero defensive plays. The I think the main problem for Mark at this point 
is on the boards. I mean, he only gets six in this one. He didn't have very many. I mean, you you got to have this guy making double-digit rebounds. I mean, he's just – like, if LaMelo should be setting the tone for you offensively as your star player, then Mark Williams as your center has to be and, – and one that they took in the first round – he should set your tone defensively and on the boards and your physicality. And it's not happening. He's getting bullied. He's getting pushed around. And this was a concern. This is not a surprise. In games that he performed well in last season, in the back half of last season, there were games against centers that weren't very physical or smaller teams. Uh, and the, the games that he struggled in were against uh, teams that had um, a little bit more physicality. And now he's being challenged both because the Nets went small – and, and, you know, forced him to, to guard uncomfortably up top shooters. And the Nets did the same thing a little bit, too. I mean, with the, the way they executed their offense, there were times when Mark was being challenged a lot uh, to not just sit and drop coverage, but step up and, and guard three-point shooters. And, yes, yeah, so far it has not gone well. That's why, like, when people ask me, like, what's going on with the Hornets? It's like everything. Like, LaMelo mm, is not who yeah. LaMelo should be, so offensively they're struggling. Mark is dealing with the same issues he was dealing with last season, not very physical. They're getting, you know, they're getting out-rebounded. I mean, it's just – there's when you are when you lose three straight games to, to teams that um, are, are not exactly world beaters and, and are all winless, like, there are uh, – it's not just one thing. There are a lot of issues – with multiple players. And and here's the thing about Mark too. Like it, clearly there's more of a, a concern with LaMelo because you invested $200 million. He was injured a lot until the big one, the fractured ankle kept him out last year with Mark. He also suffered that injury. If he was only cleared a week or two, then I would imagine that conditioning would be a problem for him as well. And he has not played as many minutes as he did in that debut against the Hawks. But the other thing I think to keep, and I and I was one that was sending this message out a lot. It's just that Mark, to me, was just going to be a sure thing. And, and we knew in the second season of his career that he would just continue, and I felt very good about it. And I still feel really good that he's going to be a good player in this league. And he hadn't been just outright bad. Just defensively, there have been some issues here and there for sure. But he, he, he didn't. Can I give you a crazy stat? He didn't have his first rebound until 538 in the second quarter. No, it was bad. So, and you can't do that when you're you're that. I mean, that's it's part of your goal. Houston's I mean, a bad rebounding team, by the way. Houston, there, there are two things that Houston, and I got this from Jackson Gatlin, who is the host of Locked on Rockets. He was giving me a scouting report. He said the two things that the Houston Rockets have struggled with this season are shooting the basketball and rebounding. <laughs> yeah. And they were able to execute on both. This is the crazy, here's the crazy part. Um, this is how bad the defense was for Charlotte last night. The Hornets lost this game despite shooting 50% from the field, despite shooting 41% from three on enough attempts. They secured 15 offensive rebounds. Not a lot of that was marked, but they did secure a lot of offensive rebounds. I thought this was one of the better Nick Richards games in terms of his effort on the yeah. boards, and he had four block shots. And they dominated the paint, uh, the paint points battle, and they still lost this game. So my point was this is Mark Williams' 47th game. To me, I think that puts a lot that's – a, that's a small number. I Even, even for a – I mean – it goes to show you just how late he was put into the rotation last year. And I'm I'm totally fine with it with Steve Clifford. That's not me, you know, saying, hey, he should have been in the rotation earlier. But it's his 47th game. That's kind of crazy. We're not going to get to a 82-game slate for Mark as long as he's healthy 
until we get to after Christmas and beyond. That's that's a that's a small number. So if if it's true that it's so tough to learn how to play defensively as a center and to deal with the physicality of the NBA as a center and this is your 47th game, like for me, I think that is important context to apply. It doesn't mean that it everything we're saying isn't true. It's just all right, that allows me to take a a breath that allows me to take a sigh of relief just for a little bit that it's okay for somebody to struggle as much as he has the last couple of games because of how many games that he's played in the NBA, how young he is still. And, um, and hopefully it, it continues to improve. Go ahead. You got well, another the, mark the, thing. The silver lining, I guess, is that I don't think the expectations were set very high this season. I mean, words like playoffs for the team or for Mark? Oh, for the team, for the team. Yeah, for the team, not for Mark. Uh, the, the silver lining to all of this, of the Mark Williams, of the LaMelo ball, of the time that it's taking for them to get back to where you would expect them to be and the team to function normally. The expectations don't seem to be very high, even though the team talks about playoffs. I don't think they really mean it. They immediately backtracked and was like, well, playoffs, however we get there. Play in, whatever. Well, uh, and, and the Eastern Conference is better. Yeah, the Eastern right? Conference like, is, the is better. Everyone's yeah. projected the Hornets to be uh, bottom feeders. And I was even quick to say, well, I don't think they're going to be like 30th. If they continue to play this way, yes. They they are playing like the worst team in the league. I mean, they there's are. no doubt about it. Um, can, can they turn some things around? That's going to depend on their best players actually stepping up and playing. Because right now, Gordon Hayward's playing well. Terry Rozier playing okay. PJ PJ Washington had an excellent game. PJ's, the forwards were locked in. Look, man, PJ PJ. I think even in the games, that's that's what's been so nice about PJ is his three ball was not falling at all in the first three games, and it was last night. But PJ still, I think he's been really good. I, I, I even think they go they go small. He gets twelve rebounds against the Nets. He hits his three ball in this game. Yeah, I think PJ and, and Terry too. Like Terry. Terry's three ball isn't falling and that sucks because it wasn't falling last year, but I still think Terry is, is attacking. I, I, I love some of his uh, violent drives and then pulling shots, uh, shots off in the mid range. Uh, yeah. I, I like what I've seen from, from Terry and especially PJ too. Yeah. There are things that are working The The reason yeah. they're not getting blown out is because, you know, there are things that are working when you get blown out. It's when everything you try doesn't work. But there are things that are working game to game. Those things tend to be different. But the one constant that isn't working is LaMelo's offense and I think Mark Williams' physicality and ability to sort of command the post from a rebounding perspective. Yes, block shots. Yes, steals. Those are all great. Keep it, keep it up. But you have to have some command of the boards. And not just defensive rebounding. It has to be offensive rebounding, too. They've got to find ways to generate those easy points. Um and 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 you know that that will that will lead to long term success. But there are things that are working. So, you know, if, if they can get back, then you know there's a chance the Hornets can turn this thing around. And and look, Clifford said after the game, he's not going to overreact. I wouldn't expect, you know, a starting lineup change anytime soon. Um, and this is actually the quote's pretty great. He said, "The worst thing you can do is overreact. We've played four games. The level of competition goes up. Maybe that's what we need." <laughs> That's a Love bold it. statement to say the Hornets at this moment in time, they need better. They need to play better competition. That, Love it. Whew. Love it. Yeah. All right. I'm scared. I'm Coming scared. Up next. Of that. <laughs> Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast.
Uh, I want to give one more shout out to uh, something else that's been going right so far this season. And then we'll get to the disaster that is Bally Sports. It's It's been atrocious. If you've been able to watch the games, then it probably isn't through that app. And if it is, then it's only in the second half. We'll talk about it in a moment. Thanks to uh, FanDuel for helping us out this episode. This episode's brought to you by FanDuel, and you can score early this NFL season with America's number one sports book right now. FanDuel new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, even more than that. I know I took full advantage in my four-leg parlay yesterday. <laughs> That I did not get. I had you want the to Hornets recap? winning. You want to recap? You want to recap the parlay and and where we all stand, real quick. Yeah, let's do that with our, our partner in Fanduel because it, it wasn't pretty for me. But shout out to Rod too, who helped David get a win yesterday. Yeah, Rod picked for David. It was GPT and Chad GPT picked the Rockets uh, minus two and a half. So um, that hits. Uh, so he goes to he gets ninety one cents on that. Uh, you had the four-leg parlay. That was Hayward, 10-plus points. That hit. Mark, eight-plus rebounds. As we just discussed, that nope. did not hit. Uh, Mello's six assists. Uh, I think he was nope. sitting on five. Where did he end? No, that five. did not hit as well. Didn't hit. He ended on five assists, so that didn't hit. And then, of course, you picked Hornets to win. That did not hit. Um, and then I picked Hornets to win. That didn't hit. And LaMelo, high score. As we just discussed in the show as well, that didn't hit. <laughs> So do better than me and Doug on FanDuel by visiting FanDuel.com slash. Let me pull it up right quick because I'm tired of all the losing. Yes. Slash locked on. (laughs) Yes. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season again. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. More locked on Hornets. Go ahead. Doug, I understand you have some information that might make me feel better about losing three of the four legs of my parlay yesterday on FanDuel. Uh, You have a good friend who was also on FanDuel and took a four-leg parlay, same-game parlay on the Hornets. Two of the legs hit, and I don't recall at this time what those two legs were, but those were in the bag. And all he needed at the end of the game, as the Hornets were rallying, this was not out of the question, all he needed was one Gordon Hayward three and one more oh. assist for, from because he took the plus he took the six plus assists for Lamelo. He yeah. just needed one Lamelo assist and one Hayward three. He got neither, and it was a it was a bet that would have cashed out at like near six hundred dollars. <laughs> so it was more than the two forty I was set to win. What two dollars and forty cents? Yes, it was significantly more than the two dollars and forty cents. That's right. That you were set to win. We're we're playing with small numbers, um, and we're losing money for charity right now. But we're going to turn this thing around. Let me tell you, bet the buzz. We're going to turn this thing around. Yeah, I guess I forgot uh, when this sounded like a good idea. It you felt like you knew this team enough to bet on it and win. And that's not happening nearly as much. Um, real quickly, one other positive note. We wanted to say some good things are happening. Yep. What do you think about Brandon Miller last night? Who got off to a slow start shooting-wise, but did hit the big three in the corner. Had another big opportunity. That went begging. But Brandon still, I think, in the second half, started to hit some shots and got in foul trouble early on. Yeah, got in foul trouble early on. You know, you love, 
seeing him hit clutch shots because they are going to need a lot of that in the future. And to see that right now and to see him getting significant minutes in that position. And they did eventually go away from Mark and they went small. And Brandon Miller was part of that small lineup with Hayward and Rozier and Ball and PJ at the center position. I love the future prospects of that sort of small death lineup. Uh, maybe at Brandon Miller at two as opposed to Terry and maybe, you know, figuring out a way to get even maybe a little bit more size and length in that in that lineup. That's that's all exciting. I thought this game was really the first game where I'm like, wow, yeah, he's really rookieing out there on a few of these. Like he fouls a three point shooter. He gets into foul trouble. Um, he after the foul trouble, he checked back in and immediately got a defensive three seconds call. So it's it's just stuff that again yeah, you're gonna learn you're gonna work that out of your game. He's so far ahead in so many other areas that I'm sure that frustrates Coach Clifford, who's trying to win games out there to save his save his job. Um, but you know I think fans that are looking at it long term are going okay. You know you ride that out. It's great that you can trust him in in, in serious minutes though. Um, physical team too. At least you have physical players on on this roster with Houston. Dylan Brooks, Fred Van Vliet, Jay Sean Tate, and I think at any time, especially Jay Sean Tate, he's the guy that that Brandon Miller drew the foul on, but it was him driving to the right, couldn't get past Tate, and then tries to settle for the mid range, and then there's the foul, misses one of the free throws. But I, that's just that's just what's going to happen. They're going to be physical with Brandon Miller all year long. And I think he's responded well to it. And then he was, it, it's, he was really uh, frustrated after he hit that three. He yeah. screamed a big old f bomb after that. And I think that's because he was frustrated with the way he was playing. Yeah, two more things on Brandon Miller. One, he had a great play where good physical box out gets the rebound, takes it coast to coast, yeah, looks for a pass. Really he, he played nice. it slow. He wasn't. He wasn't like going too fast. He wasn't looking only for himself. He was trying to see, hey, what's the best play? And he was like, oh, the best play is for me to take this in, use my length, get up, and and get the layup, finger roll. Hey, stop ball. Every fifth-grade coach in America always tells you, stop ball, stop ball. Nobody ever did it. Brandon Miller makes you pay. Well, they stopped ball. They stopped LaMelo ball. Uh, or maybe LaMelo stopped himself. Nice. I'm not sure. Very nice. But, um, Very nice. <laughs> and the, the other interesting thing with uh, Brandon Miller was there was a sequence. I'm not sure when this was. I think it was second half. But there was a sequence when he did a good job to stay in front of a smaller guard. I think it was Aaron Holiday. And he, he does a good job, moves his feet, stays in front of Aaron Holiday, forces Holiday to give it up. But in the forcing of giving it up, he gives it up to Shingun and – uh, Brandon Miller has to switch on to Shingun, and then Shingun puts him in the spin cycle, uses his physicality to get to the rim, and it just made me think like it's really hard to guard in the NBA. Like people <laughs> yeah. make fun of the NBA for not playing yeah. defense, but oh, that yeah. that play in particular shows you like Brandon Miller did everything right for like 15 seconds of a 17 second possession. And then he switches, he goes from guarding Aaron Holiday, super quick guard, to guarding Shen Goon, who is baby Al Jefferson, and he has to do both. And yes, Shen Goon cooked him, but the fact that you even, for a second, thought, hey, I think he can handle both of these things, is super exciting for his prospects. Well, I mean, and, and so all three body types, so Holiday, Shen Goon, and then we can remember on the short corner, he had to guard Jabari Smith and Jabari spun baseline and, and had the kind of like the half-hearted dunk but just lay in it's tough you're right like all, all three body types all right rook go out there buddy and and guard right. every single position um okay at least 
you were able to watch in entirety without any issues because of League Pass. Doug, is it weird to say that you have the better viewing platform <laughs> watching through League Pass by leaps and bounds than what people in the very city that the Hornets play in, the very city that they play in, Doug, have to watch them through with Valley Sports? I never thought I would be thankful for League Pass because let me tell you, League Pass over the years has has had their issues and, and still does, still does have some issues, uh, but nothing like the apocalypse that are pe- people are dealing with with Bally's look you pay them money you probably pay them too much money honestly you do I, I watched the Bally yeah yeah it's it's I mean I think it's part of the reason why they're going bankrupt because um the the, the whole streaming thing they tried it and didn't work not enough people are like I'm not gonna pay that to to watch a couple of teams and but you pay them money and the one thing you ask from them is show me the game that's it show me the game and they they have failed now two straight games to actually show you the basketball game. And they they can do Twitter apologies or whatever. But look, I mean, you know, they should be held to a standard of, hey, I pay you money, you show me game. Real simple. I pay you money, you show me game. That's it. Yeah. So so you pay pay entirely too much. It's like $25 for the app. And then if you want to, because they offer in our area, at least this was my experience, you could watch the Canes, the Atlanta Dream, and the Charlotte Hornets. And so if you want to bring it down a little bit, at least in the offer that I had, you could pick two of those teams. Well, I chose the Hornets and the Dream. They didn't offer the Hornets and the Canes. So you can even pick the exact ones that you wanted. You could either go Canes and Dream or Hornets and Dream. I went Hornets and Dream. So now that brings it down to like 20 bucks a month. They don't show you the game that you want to watch. Their tweets are hilarious because they start off with, Hey, fans. Like, nah, man, we ain't fans of you. We might be fans of the team. <laughs> hey, fans. But don't call us fans. That is that is disrespectful to what we're doing right now. And the other thing. This is I, a business transaction. Yeah. The other thing is my girlfriend absolutely hates Bally Sports app. The reason she hates it is because the annoying bouncing basketball when it's commercial in progress <laughs> that goes on. I, in fact, her mom came into town yesterday. It's the first time she had ever heard it. And she said, wow, that's really annoying, isn't it? She's like, yep, we get to deal with that every single game. And last year, all they had was like the Bojangles ad because they're not getting any ads, which yeah. is part of the reason that they're going bankrupt. And so now it's just the dribbling basketball constantly when commercials are in progress. I mean, it's it's a terrible viewing experience. It's awful. Right. And you hope, and that's what sucks, is that you hope to be able to view it. You hope to be able to view the game just so you can be let down by a bunch of little things that are going on within the app. Yeah, so here's the deal. RSNs, regional sports networks, which is what Bally's is, they're going away. They're dying because people are cutting their cable subscriptions and the cable model is what kept a lot of these things alive because people were paying for something they weren't watching. Yeah. A lot of people were paying for RSNs that weren't actually watching. And then when the RSNs went, okay, well, we'll just go over the top and, and get people to pay, they realized, oh, there's not enough people to pay because we were we were subsisting on a model where people were just paying not to watch us. Oh, this is, uh-oh. Um, so that it's going away. And the question is, are teams 
going to get caught flat. Which teams are going to get caught flat-footed? It's not a question of if. It's a question of which teams are going to get caught flat-footed and which teams are going to get on this early. There are already teams that are on this early. The Clippers and Steve Ballmer, who had a lot of cash to throw at it, he he got out of the RSN business very quickly. Uh, the, the Suns and the Jazz are already on this train as well. And yeah. again, there's a common denominator in that you have ownership that has some pretty deep pockets in all of those situations. The Hornets are an interesting situation in that the the person that used to be owner now has some pretty deep pockets because he just got paid $3 billion to not be the majority <laughs> owner anymore. <laughs> but the guys that are owning there's a number of, of guys that are owning it. And if you've got, you know, if you've got multiple owners, it means you probably don't have like one owner that has super deep pockets. But we don't even have, do we have two owners every five years because there wasn't enough money for one owner to purchase the team. Right. And so you've got you, but they have to do something and they've got to do something very quickly. They can't just sit around hoping that Bally's figures it all out. Because here's the thing, even if they figured this whole bankruptcy thing out and they were able to pay the Hornets next season to continue to broadcast the games, I'm not sure there's going to be any fans left that are that are going to find that acceptable. And so if the if the Hornets want to grow this fan base, they better get to work on figuring out a solution, not just a solution to show me the games, but a solution that's going to show me the games and win back some fan trust and 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 do something that's going to grow this fan base. That's why I think the plan should be work on a streaming service over the top, but get this team on local television. I don't want to do I don't want to do ballys, I don't want to do cable. Uh, you know, I think the either the Suns or the Jazz, they're handing out free uh, like antennas and saying, "Look, if you, here, here, have an antenna, and you put this up, and you can watch our games." Sweet. Here's a crazy concept, Walker. You're a basketball team. You want as many people as possible to watch your games, and so you put the game on a network where as many people can watch the game. Get this for free. Lots of people will watch your game. I just gave you free business advice if you're listening. Thank you. Schnall, Plotkin. Find more business advice on everyhornetsboxscore.com with Doug Branson. You can listen to me for not business advice, but Hornets takes on WFNZ. Uh, and you can find us at WFNZ.com, too, if you ever miss the live, uh, the live show there. All right. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Everydayers, make sure you join us tomorrow. One more show to end the week before we get to the weekend. We'll talk to you a little more about the Hornets' upcoming schedule and how they performed against the Rockets, the LaMelo thing. We still have you covered on everything Charlotte Hornets. Thanks again for your time. Have a great rest of your day.